When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining us, the great man who's going to be, as I mentioned just before, joining our commentary team on SENZ, bringing you the World Cup out of France. Scotty Sumo Stevenson joins us. Scotty, it's days away. It's been a long time coming, but blink and it's here. Yeah, four years in fact, Steph. Um, <laughs> uh, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to uh, everyone out there on SENZ land. It's, uh, exciting times, isn't it? What a matchup to start us off to. And uh, I was just chatting to uh, some colleagues in Ireland last night, Steph, and you know, well, I think we were all in agreement. What a cracking opening weekend. Uh, there are just so many great games to sink your teeth into this weekend. Um, and France, New Zealand to start it is uh, just one. Where do you think the New Zealanders are at, Sumo, with um, about 18 months of creating records for the wrong reasons and then the world record or New Zealand record defeat last time out and then going up against not only France but the 50-odd thousand in the stadium that are going to be pretty much French as well? It's a huge ask. Yeah, it's a big ask, uh, but we've seen before this team, uh, they're, they're renowned for their black lash, as, uh, as they call it. So, you know, following a loss, as a general rule throughout history, the All Blacks have been a much better side for a setback. Um, maybe a little bit different for this side because they've faced an enormous amount of adversity. And as you mentioned, they've been on the wrong side of results they'd rather not have been. I, um, I'm convinced, Staff, and, and this is by no means any nationalistic bias here, I, I'm convinced that that Twickenham result means nothing. Mm. Um, I, I think all test matches in which a red card is shown should have an asterisk next to the uh, result uh, because rugby's a 15-on-15 game. It's not a 15-on-14 game. And at that level against oppositions like South Africa, if you're down a man or two in some cases, as the All Blacks were during that game, uh, you're no chance uh, up against what is just a relentless physical assault. Do you hold any concerns for the World Cup around officiating judiciaries, cards, suspensions? Yes. Uh, and I think anyone who's followed the game uh, for any amount of time would uh, naturally concur with that. I think the bunker is going to be a debacle. Um, I think that uh, technology is great. You can get some results right that uh, otherwise, you know, human nature would say you might not have picked up on. But now we're not just seeing things happening on a rugby field. We're actively searching for things happening on a rugby field. And that is a very different thing. Um, and, and I think it goes some way to undermining the people out there with the whistle who naturally should be the most trusted official in the match. That's why they've been given the whistle. That's why they're the man in the middle. Uh, in this case, they're all blokes at this Rugby World Cup. Um, and then the two second-best officials in the game are the two guys with flags on the sideline. Uh, so that means the fourth-best officials on the TV screen because they need all the help they can get. Um, and one thing about refereeing, and if you talk to any referee who's been in the game at the top level, uh, understanding and having a gut feel for the tempo and the momentum of the game is absolutely crucial to delivering an entertainment product and also to getting the right result overall. Uh, you can nitpick as much as you like in rugby, but if you want to do that, you're going to find something at every breakdown, every single breakdown. Mm. And what happens, and I, I thought Carly was greatly undermined at Twickenham, Matthew Carly, the English referee, because what happens 
you get called back three phases as a referee and suddenly all you're thinking is, I missed something there. I don't want to miss anything else. And I'm sure that uh, I'd find plenty of agreement out there with, among your listeners and probably with you, Steph. Uh, that Twickenham game was a tough, tough watch as a spectacle. Yeah, it really was. And and I've always said um, it's who adapts best to the referees because they're not going to change. The, the thing that concerns me, Sumo, is Southern referees and Northern Hemisphere referees seem to have different rule books. <laughs> well, they, they certainly look for different things, don't they? And that's why... I'd say if you, if you want a little um, sneaky piece of hope to put in your pocket for this weekend, staff, Yako Piper having the referee's whistle for this fixture is an absolute boon for the New Zealanders. Uh, most of them have been ref by Yako before. They understand his style. He's a coaching referee. Um, that means that he'll give people fair chance and warning before blowing the whistle. Um, and and it's, it's interesting you brought that up, mate, because I, I thought during the Irish series, uh, that New Zealand lost here on our shores. Uh, the the interesting thing was uh, the referee in that final match didn't say a word. Mm. Uh, he was literally Marcel Marceau. And, um, you know, players have become so accustomed now to cheating, getting warned when the damage is already done, and then backing away. Uh, and that is, I think, part of the refereeing in this part of the world that has, I think, hindered the progress of our players, not helped them. Um, just got a text message in from Andy that I'm going to read you, Sumo. It says, it's awesome that SNZ has Sumo on the mic. The man has a great love of the game and an excellent grasp of the English language. Let's go black. Love from Andy. There you go. Oh, oh that's very kind of you, Andy. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. I was, I was sitting here looking at my ceiling, searching for words for a second there, so I'm glad you've got more faith in my vocab than I have. <laughs> thing that I'm... The thing about this tournament before a game's been played, Sumo, is in my view, um, there's five potential winners. Uh, France, Ireland, New Zealand, South Africa, and controversially, I'm chucking Australia in just because oh, of sure. their draw. But the, yeah, the really cool thing is... The next thing, like normally there's two or three we think can win and then maybe two or three others. But the teams under those, Tonga, Samoa, the ones I've written down, Tonga, Samoa, Wales, Fiji, Argentina, England and Georgia, given that they've got 10 top 14 French players in their squad, can all cause upsets. I think it's going to be not upsets galore, but realistic chances for some of these teams to tip some big teams over. I think there's going to be some closer results than people may imagine. Uh, and I'm glad you brought up that issue around the Georgian side and where they play their rugby because I think it's a very similar scenario for the Argentinians. Most of them mm. play top 14 or at least in the Pro D2 um, in France. So they're so accustomed to local conditions. They're accustomed to the crowd, the different noise, uh, the stadium atmospheres there. So, um, you know, I, look, the Georgians may well give Australia a fright in this opening weekend, Stan, mm. to be perfectly mm. honest with you. I, I don't think Georgia will win that game. But they'll do enough to show people that the hairy tractors are here to play. And um, I, I love the Georgians. You, might, you want to talk about South Africa's one dimension. I mean, these guys live in a whole different parallel universe, the Georgians. So uh, I'm really interested to see that matchup. And I was trying to figure out the permutations, as you mentioned, Steph, about this could go either way. If you took any quarterfinal permutation in this Rugby World Cup, you'd struggle to pick a winner mm. out of those four quarterfinals. You'd struggle to pick a winner. And that, to me, uh, is the sign of a tournament where teams have certainly got closer. Um, and all the stories will emerge over this sort of opening weekend, I guess. Who's got the scar tissue? Who's bringing back some bad memories? Who might be in the ascendancy? Uh, but there are so many questions left unanswered. And nothing in those warm-up games, to me, 
should go any way to preparing people for a punt or for what we might expect once this World Cup starts in anger. So much conversation around uh, Geordie Barrett, Shannon Frizzell. I mean, my mail is Geordie's not playing. Um, Anton Leonard-Brown is playing and um, Scott McLeod and all those guys are stringing us along saying we'll give him as long as possible, but I'm hearing yep. he is not playing. Um, Anton Leonard-Brown or David Havili really made replacements, but France have been hit probably harder than us with injuries. I think they have. Uh, you know, look, I, I think the loss of Willemsa um, out of the tournament's really tough for them. Cyril Bailly won't be starting in this first game, and he's probably the most experienced front rower they have. Um, obviously, Intermac's story is well told. Jalabert, yeah, he's not a bad deputy, but he's no Romain Intermac, that's for sure. Um, and I think if you look at that potential 10-12 combination that the French will run out against New Zealand, they're going to have to pick between Arthur Vincent and Yuram Moifana at 12. Neither has got a lot of experience playing in the 12 jersey at test level. So that's going to be a new, uh, a new combination uh, for Jalabert to get used to as well. And Gail Ficou outside at centre, who we know is a world-class player. So, I, you know, I would posit to you that New Zealand, whether they play Harvilli or Anton Leonard-Brown, and Leonard-Brown's the more experienced and probably has just a little bit more game time under his belt than Harvilli does. Um, even though I think he's only started five tests at 12, um, Anton Leonard-Brown versus Harvilli 16, but they'll go for experience over that. Um, and I, I think if you looked at that 10, 12, 13 access for New Zealand, Moanga, Leonard-Brown slash Harvilli and Rico Yuani, I think that has the edge over the French. What do we do loose forwards with no Frizzell? Oh, I think Jacobson goes in. Um, the, the, the big issue for the New Zealand selectors here will be the fact that that French side is so super tall. Mm. Um, so they're a massive threat at line-out time. I think everyone from the second row back is over 1m90 tall. Um, the two locks are over 2 metres tall. So you're going to have a tough day at the office at line-out time. But what New Zealand's really going to want is some really good defensive hitters and then some really good offensive cleaners as well. That's where Sam Kane revels in the game. He's just so good at getting that first strike ball, making those clean outs. Um, they need someone in there to help out. Jacobson's the likely guy for me. Um, but then we could see them pull the big switcheroonie and put Barrett on the on the side of the scrum and bring Vi in, but then they're down a lock anyway. So mm. I think that they're sort of damned if they do, damned if they don't. I, I would much prefer to see Barrett playing lock staff because I think at six, he's just a penalty magnet. Yeah, I do too. Um, the first game you're calling for us and for our listeners is England-Argentina. Boy, do England need a result because their fan base has fallen out of love with them. Oh, have they what? Uh, you know, look, going through that English side, there's still some quality names, isn't there? I mean, Ben Youngs has been around a long time, Danny Kerr, Johnny May, no Owen Farrell, of course, for these opening couple of games. Marcus Smith will deputise there. Manu Tuilangi's still in the setup. Freddie Stewart is a good player. Um, look, and, and the Ford pack has some names that we know. Laws, Toje, Vonnie Paula, Curry. Um, I, I think that this is a chance for England to actually snap into gear. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see something special out of the English. They're going to be up against a good Argentinian side, a side that's building under Michael Checker. Um, but I just look through England and think to myself, I don't know what's happened there in the ecosystem of the sport. Well, I do. They took private equity cash and their clubs have gone bust. But, um, you know, keep that in the back of your mind for five years down the track and it's another country. Um, <laughs> I just look at um, this English side and think, you know, they've got to put all that behind them now and lay down a marker in this first game. This really is 
a genuine game of consequence for this pool, I think. Mm. Um, of course, you're calling games for us. So, Sammy Hewitt, and I see him in the producer's booth with his hand up, which I think, uh, Sammy, you got, you, you got something to say? Well, uh, Steph, <coughs> absolute uh, pleasure and a privilege to be calling the games alongside uh, Daniel, of course, and Sumo. Um, and they've caught a lot more rugby than me. Sumo, you've caught a lot more rugby than me, and I feel like the bosses might have stitched me up by giving me the Georgians first up, <laughs> just from a pronunciation point of view. Just need some tips on uh, on how you approach, you know, a team like the Georgians. And, uh, the like, hairy tractors. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what you do, Sam, and uh, I recall being a young commentator in 2011, and um, one of the games I got was Romania, Georgia, on a Tuesday night at the Boneyard in uh, Palmerston North. <laughs> and um, so what I did, Sammy, is I put Ski on the end of one team's names and uh, Idza on the end of the others, and then I made up the rest of the syllables. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Well, I did go through... And, and I t- I t- I tell you what, no one knew any different either. And um, it, it actually, that dubstyles them with the best advice I ever received uh, from my late father because I got that game and I thought, well, that shows where I am in the, in the uh, commentary pecking order. And he said, son, you could look at it that way or you could look at it another way. I said, what's that? He said, you're the only dick who could pull this off. It's great. I, I, I did go through the uh, like sort of the, the squad for the World Cup, and you're right. I think there's only three last names, and they've just that's just spread out across the 30 players. So <laughs> pick one of those, and you, you've got a 33% chance. Well, look, I can go through. I can go through the forwards for you right now. Tengiz Peranidza, Vassal Lobshanidza, Jela Aprazidza, Mirab Sharakadza. Demo Tapladza, Toniki Kahuitza, Georgi Gibzelidza, Mariani Morabadza. There you go. How could you get that wrong? Oh, that's a lot of pressure now, Steph. That's a lot of pressure. I think I'll be okay with the Australians, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but the Georgians, yeah, I'll do my homework. Fantastic. Hey, Sima, great to have you on board as part of our crew, mate. The uh, listeners and us are all very excited to have you part of the team and uh, looking forward to it, mate. Thanks for, thanks for chatting to us today to kick us off. Nah, it's going to be great. Thanks so much, Steph. Thanks for having me. Sammy Boy, catch up with you soon. Here he is, Scotty Sumo Stevenson, part of our commentary team. How fantastic to have the great man as part of the people bringing you the pictures through words, which is the medium of radio. So do make sure you have your SENZ app downloaded, team. And you can take us wherever you want, whether it's your cricket, your Warriors, your NRL, or your Rugby World Cup. It is all here on SENZ app and the SENZ uh, normal airwaves. Uh, wow, interesting, eh, about the what are they going to do loose forwards? I just, I think Jacobson would be the right way to go. I just am a little bit wary of their love affair with Dalton Papali'i, and I think he might get the six. Um, I just I just have the feeling, and then Luke Jacobson to cover pretty much six, seven, eight on the bench. Although Dalton could do that as well. Interesting the mix up. I think it will be those two, Jacobson and Dalton. Which one starts and which one gets the bench? I think we'll we'll wait and see. But I just feel like they tend to favour starting Dalton Papali. But could be wrong. And um, Anton Leonard Brown, I think he'll get the nod just ahead of David Havili. I don't expect many other changes, actually, except for the forced one with um, Lomax in the front row is going to have to take a seat. So offer. Um, I think they'll leave Newell on the bench. Um, 
Hard one to say, Nipolelala, probably, although he got dished up last time they played France, didn't they? Anyway, we shall take a break. Interested on your thoughts on the back of the chat with Sumo? 0800 150 811.